Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome in to episode 248 of the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is almost time for the playoff editions of them, maybe even for some leagues like some of ours. It is the playoffs, if not next week, or if you're a psychopath, you play till the end of the season and you should be heavily medicated. We've got a great episode for you, and maybe I'm going to give you reason not to listen here for these last couple episodes, but... It's our final guest episodes, and joining Mr. Scott Bogman right there. Say hi, Scotty. No. Chris Welsh right here. Steve Gardner from USA Today. He'll be, I think he was actually like our first guest of the season, and he. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but I know we've had him on a bunch. He will be our last guest of the season, and then you suckers will be stuck with Bogman and I. All right, I got a game. For 248, we're going to start start with. It's been a whole lot of me for this whole minute. Only a little bit of Bogman. Let's, uh, we're going to do some impressions. Bogman, do you know who Bob Menry is? Yeah, I know who Bobby Menry is. He's okay. funny. Yeah, he's the guy who uh, you'll see any sports call, and he does his own version of them. Actually, our buddy, Pisa Pia, I think interviewed him on a show or something like that. It was before <laughs> Bob like really blew up. On one of uh, many shows, right? On God knows what show it was. And Bob does uh, calls. And he does, you know, good ones. He's a great announcer voice. So we're going to do our own version of Bob Menry with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I flash you back since this is an audio format. It can't be a... Please uh, don't flash me. I won't flash you, but let's go back to Saturday. It's the ninth inning with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to do my first impression. Okay, I'll be first up. All right. I don't know what my name is. What's my uh, announcer name? Um, I can only think of ones I, I'm not allowed to say. Ah, how about I'll be Stu Gotts? Okay. That's not a good one. Give me one. How about, uh, uh, the, the Dutch? Okay. Or I won't have a name then. <laughs> if it's between the Dutch and no name, let's just go with no name. Here's my, uh, Bob Menry Diamondbacks call. Ninth inning, Diamondbacks up two to nothing. Archie Bradley on to pitch. Matt Kemp is up to bat. We've got two men on Archie Bradley with a curveball. Holy shit. Matt Kemp got the hold of that one. Archie Bradley must feel like a fucking asshole for losing the game. What a joke. He's not going to be able to sleep at night. He should shave a big F you in his beard because that's what he just did to all the Diamondback fans. What a fuckhead. 
Sorry, that was my impression. I got a little into it. All right, Bogman, uh, now you get to be the Diamondbacks announcer, your impression of the Diamondbacks announcer on Sunday night. Bottom of the ninth again, Brad Boxberger, of course, walks the first two, and these two heads got over to third and second. So, uh, oh, I don't know why he's doing this, but he's going to bring in the guy that blew the game in the same scenario last night, Archie Bradley. All right, and who is going to pinch hit for the Dodgers? It's the same guy he gave up a three-run shot to yesterday. Okay, all right, here we go. Um, this game is tied. No, the Dodgers just won it because Matt Kemp didn't hit a homer, but he banged one off the wall that went back through A.J. Pollock's dumb idiot legs, and both runs scored, and Archie Bradley should go f*** himself. Maybe the Diamondback fans should just realize he's not that good, and he never was. You know, the, you know he us. hit a triple last year in the playoffs, and he gave up those two runs immediately. He's not that good. Go back to Oklahoma and die, Archie Bradley. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry, I got off. I got. I went away from my announcer voice to just what I actually feel. <laughs> All right. for a second. You know, uh, my uh, my announcing partner here, Bot Scottman. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but Archie Bradley's name is Hollywood, and I wish he'd f***ing go to Hollywood, get off of this team, and go up with the rest of the guys that give up runs in the ninth inning. Except they're not doing that now. Archie Bradley. I wish he'd go to Hollywood Boulevard, where those guys <laughs> give up their mouths. <laughs> I hate him. I do not like him anymore. I am done. I am off the Archie bandwagon. I don't know why this team wants him to wind up being the face of the franchise. I am over it. Archie Bradley pitches like his face looks without that beard. Why is his face so red when he gets to the mouth? Because he's a clown. He's the worst. Has he crapped his pants during every outing? I wish he his pants more he might pitch better ah <laughs> uh, poopy My pants team's Bradley. Just not gonna make the playoffs no you know? we need a little bit of work to get our hardest <laughs> schedule hardest schedule left in baseball got the Braves, the astros dodgers and rockies a bunch this month and you know they're giving away two they gave away two games in a row yeah. so but i, I mean, mean at least the diamondbacks offense isn't very good either right now that's true that's so. true yeah, so there you go. There's your Diamondback update. We got a little bit of work to do before we get uh, our Bob Menry uh, impressions down. I'm just, I'm still angry. So I, I'm tense and angry this show, just so everyone knows. Archie Bradley with the pitch about, and whammy! I'm excited about uh, talking to Gardner because uh, that guy's awesome. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm so upset at baseball right now. So, well. I mean, a lot of other people are, as you're uh, maybe losing in your playoffs. Maybe you're not getting into the playoffs. At Bogman, uh, Josh Donaldson is going to actually not do a rehab start. He might get He's into baseball. Back. So that's good. He's actually back. So we'll talk about that. It is actually weird, though, because, you know, we're almost done. You know, we're almost, we're, I mean, we're almost out of here. We A month left? Is that about right? Yeah, I, we're just going to get so bitter at the end because yeah. the Diamondbacks are just going to have this get their face caved in collapse too. And it's just going to be, it's just going to get to the point where I don't want to watch baseball anymore because I'm so mad. So yeah. we'll just I, get, I, I we'll just, get blackout I, drunk on these episodes. Oh, that's what'll end up happening. Good. Yeah. It'll happen. Dude, I got, so when we we did our episode <laughs> with uh sleeper on the bust, which mm-hmm. is fun by the way, people want to go listen, but suffice it to say the episode was over two hours. We were on for a lot longer than that. And yeah. by the time we were done, I, I mean, I'm, I held myself well, for the most part towards the end. 
when we were done and, you know, we finally, I, it was almost midnight by the time we were done. I was laying in bed. I was doing something. I had done a few things. The next day I had this like realization. I was like, oh my God, I forgot to send this thing. And I, and, and then I look and I, I had done it. I had done it that night. Like I got oh, so man. like blackout oh. drunk uh, by the end, like all the alcohol hit me. You know how like it all hits you at some point? It hit me about a half an hour after we were done. And I was just like, it was gone. Like, thank God I didn't tweet out anything horrible. That's how these episodes will get. <laughs> okay, Roseanne, did you take some Ambien after drinking a bunch? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to do that type of hit. I, I mean, you're not even drinking, and you talked about Archie Bradley, and you got a little personal. I, I'm just, I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him and his dumbass Oklahoma-colored glove and his dumb beard, and it's just like, look, I know you can't pitch, and that's why you have a beard. And because it's like the only thing that people can recognize you for because you couldn't cut it as a starter. And now you're uh, a reliever who's not even a closer, by the way. He's not. Oh, look, he's our best uh, whatever guy. He all he does is give up leads. We need that beard. So every time he turns his head as the ball is flying over and going over the yeah. wall, we can recognize who that was. My God, I just he's so. Remember when I thought he was bad. A f- you know what he should do? Kyler Murray is going to go play baseball. He should uh, use up that uh, eligibility he still has to Oklahoma. He should Brandon Whedon. That's what he should do. Remember when I thought he was the face of the organization? I, I mean, so did the Diamondbacks last year because yeah. Goldie just wants to be a bald guy that doesn't talk. He's how, like oh. the nicest guy in the world, but, you know. How many How many of those uh, I hit a triple bobbleheads do you think are broken right now? I, I All of them should be because who cares? Like, yeah, he hit the triple. It was a cool moment to see. A relief pitcher can hit, blah, blah, blah. Everybody forgets he gave up the two runs that he drove in the next half inning. Better hitter than pitcher. Ugh, he's just ridiculous but right, no there's other things that, that happen so there are a lot of other things that happen we're going to talk with Gardner here in just a little bit we're actually going to be answering some questions that you've got have uh, that you guys have sent in but I want to talk about a couple main topics plus some of the trades and we'll get you a little bit prepped as we go through some September call-ups and uh, a few of the two start pitchers coming up but let's go talk about some stuff and some things the snozberries taste like snozberries I'm freaking out man you are freaking out man littering and littering in this league break it down so one of the more fascinating debates that ended up going down Boggs, was the uh, essentially the call-up freakout now i had been saying this for a while watch for what happens with the arizona fall league with vladimir guerrero jr because if you see him there i think there's a distinct possibility we might not see any of him this season and then the rosters came out the same day we went on Sleeper on the Bust, and we talked about it with Spore and them. And I think we all kind of agree there's absolutely a, a, a sliver of a chance that he could get maybe a couple weeks of at-bats, maybe the two final weeks. It happened with Victor Robles, but as I had mentioned, the reason behind it, it was because they were vying for a playoff spot. The Blue Jays are not doing that. So let's say that went out the window. The one that everybody on the planet assumed was Eloy Jimenez. And there is nothing but vitriol going on right now because there was a report that Eloy Jimenez was not going to be called up this month. And then that ended up being... Who was... uh, It's being refuted that... I'm trying to think, who the hell is it? Is the manager? Is it Han? 
Uh, the the general manager, Rick Hahn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's Hahn that's saying that like that hasn't been that's not a definitive yet. It's not definitively set that he is not going to be called up. But then you got information that Eloy Jimenez's team is filing a grievance against the Players Association, and we're back to this just ridiculous conversation of service time and owning the control and. I get actually super annoyed, especially as like, like we, we have to look at this from fans and a fantasy perspective as well. Like, yeah, you can look at it from a personal perspective, but you get annoyed at the people, the amount of people that just want to defend the decision. Like everyone's like, ah, it's, it's a process. It's what happens. It's the business. It's like, it doesn't mean it's not annoying. It doesn't mean that it's not fair. You know, like we, people defend to the bone how these guys need to be held down and they got to check the boxes and they got to do this that and the other thing all the way to the end and then when it's time and they don't get called up we don't put our arms up and just be like this system is stupid yes it's part of the system the compensation picks the holding down the control of the years from the 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 minor league international draft all of it is really tiresome and it sucks to see great players held down or great minor league players with potential to held down all that stuff does is make baseball better and bogman in a time in september where yes people are invested but if you want to sit here and deny that why are you don't... watching the game if you're a White Sox fan right now yeah but that's where I'm kind of going with it. if you want to deny that eyes have not turned over to football fans and people move away from uh, if you want to hone in on Chicago specifically if you want to hone in and say you know why have fans moved away or why would they not move away you bring Eloy Jimenez up that's going to get eyes back that's going to get investment you're investing in the early part of your next year by showing some of the future and maybe pulling in a few more people. It's a minuscule thing. I just wanted to see damn Eloy Jimenez at the end of the day. I don't care enough because, by the way, if you have any opinion on anything I just said, keep it to yourself because I don't care. I don't care about any (laughs) of the conversation. I just don't. like. I just wanted to just get it out since everyone else is talking about it. And uh, I don't care about the conversation, like any of the arguments. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. I want to hear your opinions. No, I don't. I don't want to hear your opinions on it because I don't think there's a win in that. Like, it's part of the system, but it's also annoying. So just end it at that. There's no further conversation you have to have. So for what you guys to know, and obviously whatever Bogman has to say here with this, Probably not getting in Eloy Jimenez unless maybe they feel pressured and they do want to, you know, show some good face, especially if there's a lawsuit pending and have him come up this year. But it doesn't look like we're going to see any of Eloy Jimenez. It's it's a crappy situation. Like you said, and our guy Simon has been mentioning in our room, like they, this is just something that they need to work out in the CBA. But they probably won't because it's not. You know, it, I'm it, so it, glad, by the way, I haven't looked in the baseball. Like, I've been well, too busy. Well, I mean, it, it's a fair point. Two or three guys are not going to have changed the whole CBA system. And that's what we're really talking about here. We're talking about Eloy and Vlad. And, and to be honest, that's well, probably last year it. we like, did it with uh, Chris Bryant or did not last right. year, but years before we did it with Chris Bryant. We talked about it with Ronald Kuhn. Anytime a good major hype prospect is held down, we talk about it, but then we just move on with our lives because we're oohed and awed over the pretty new shiny toy that's out there. I'm just so happy that I haven't seen this debate go on in any of our group meet rooms. Like that's it. Like there, there's so much debate that's going on. I've had a crazy couple days with it. So any of that, cause you mentioned Simon seeing that I haven't seen a thing. I haven't seen a thing. I can't imagine what has been going on in there because we got a lot of Chicago people in there as well as Chicago people. We've also got just people that love prospects and love Eloy Jimenez. It is probably a bloodbath. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's something. Uh, it, it it is a big part, like you said, uh, to, for people to get in. I just don't know if it's enough for the CBA to argue for it. So I don't know that it's going to get changed. But this is something just the overall culture of baseball has to change at some point because. So we you need, want this change, by the way, because like, of course, because uh, I don't want to have any conversation. Well, I want to see the better pitchers. I don't want to see Nate Jones getting called back up. Bring me up somebody good. You know, there should be some type of you know. Uh, bring up whoever you want in your system for the last three weeks or something. You know, get them used to the big league life. Whatever. It, it maybe it's you're not uh, you're saying Nicky Delmonico doesn't work for you. No, he just doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and by the way, I thought Nicky Delmonico was someone I saw on Pornhub. I didn't know that he was. <laughs> so. That does actually. That sounds. That sounds like. Uh, uh, that sounds like an up and comer. Dude, there was Randy St. Felix as a wide receiver in college football. I'm no. Like, if that's not a porn name, <laughs> I don't know what it is. What you, was it in um, Zach and Mary, Randy St. Jackson? That, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of uh, outfielder Adam Eaton, how he said in the minor leagues he was getting checks from uh, major league old Adam Eaton. Do you remember that? He was getting <laughs> no. checks from baseball for that. I hope like, he cashed him. I so hope he probably could use him when he was in the minors. So. That Ricky St. James is getting some tokens online for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I, this is a safe zone right now because I, I don't care about anybody's opinion on any of it with Eloy Jimenez because it's a never-ending conversation. But it's, I'm curious if, no like, if you feel... You know. Do you feel passionate like, yeah, this sucks? Or at the end of the day, it's like, well, well I think this is part of like the old manny type of culture that we've surrounded baseball with. It, it, it's something else that goes around unwritten rules or things that just don't happen. You know, uh, I just bring the best players up, period, end of story. Yeah. They should the best players should be playing. Hopefully there should we'll be get weird there. rules to where, you know, uh, baseball can't have the best dudes in the league right now, this second. What is interesting is finding the formula of like, you know, I would say at the beginning of the season, most Braves fans, I I don't think a lot of Braves people really thought how heavy competitors they really were. So I think if you were to say like, well, you should have saw this because the White Sox weren't going to be competitive. Well, like were the Braves really going to be crazy competitive and they brought Acuna up quick. So it's not even easy to say there is a, um, a distinctive formula to find out like why teams would and wouldn't bring up another player. Look at Vlad Jr. You know, the Blue Jays for a time were competing and they've suffered injuries and they just never started that clock with Vlad Jr. Obviously, maybe they just didn't feel something was ready. The minor league system is crazy, but I do think it warrants, especially for redraft leagues, people really giving heavy consideration into investment into rookies and you, you know, I mean, maybe something like the Arizona Fall League really shows the players that are on the precipice, but still, there's Braves guys like Austin Riley that haven't been brought up. So either way, no Vlad Jr. most likely, no Eloy most likely. You can cut bait on those, but thank God you will have, you know, Domingo Santana was brought back up. (laughs) Is there anyone who fell from grace quicker than Domingo Santana? No, there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, this... I, I don't know. I don't even know if we're doing it justice talking about it. We're so uh, it, it's you know we want to see Eloy, of course. We want to see Vlad, of course. Neither one of them probably going to happen. So yep. uh, all of you losers that can't see him, <laughs> we're going to get to see both of them, or we're at one. least going to get to see Vlad. I've already in seen Arizona Eloy. Fall League. Uh, yeah, I have video of Eloy on my phone, yeah. hitting some bombs. Yeah, we see Eloy. We actually see Eloy every year, whether it was in the Fall League or out here with the Chicago. Yeah, so we'll be seeing Vlad Junior in a in like six weeks. We'll tell you all about it. Go follow it over Prospect yeah. One. All right, moving forward, Shohei Otani Bogman. Uh, he was back pitching, not so good. 
Velocity yeah. down, looked like a problem, results not fantastic. Guess what? Breaking news. Shohei Otani did not look healthy pitching. Maybe let's not do that. I mean, he should just keep hitting. He looked good hitting. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's do something that he can do. Pitching is not one of those things right now. I hope, uh, I expect also maybe the news is we're just not going to see any more of that. Like, they might push one more, you know, if you don't push him, uh, unless that uh, decrease in velocity, you know, turns out to be a bigger problem. I could see them trying to get one or two more starts in, then shut him down for a bit on the pitching side, and they'll revisit it next year once he's healthy. You know, it must have been... A combination of stuff more than anything, you know, the workload of what he did this year. I wonder if it's going to put into question the hitting pitching or do they think it's something different? Was it like the overall workload of time? Was that more of the problem or is it going to be that they're going to say, hey, listen, man, this hitting and pitching is affecting him and we're going to have to make a decision? Um, I, I, to, to me, I would just not pitch him again. Uh, you know, I, it, I know it's something that they probably want to push, but I just let the guy hit. Let the guy hit. Let let him get some of those uh, Aroldis Chapman injections in his elbow again, and uh, wait for him to to recover for next spring. Do that. Let him help. You know, get that elbow healthy to pitch for next. But that's year. what I'm saying. Is like I want. But I'm saying, does this is this stuff going to lead to them potentially considering a bigger decision of ending one of hitting or pitching? No, overall. Oh, yeah, overall, not I this year. So. I'm talking no, no, long no, term. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Kutch to the Yankees, leadoff, also no beard, looks weird. That, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks weird. It looks weird because I, I feel like, didn't he have the no beard with the dreadlocks, but he never had no dreadlocks and no beard. I don't know. So I, I, yeah, maybe, I don't know. He does short <laughs> hair. I like, there was some Twitter guy. I don't know who it was. I'd like to give them credit, but I just don't know that they like, they were mad about it. So they decided to yeah. Photoshop crappy beards on all the players. And I thought that all was just Yankees. great. Right, that was yeah. great. That was pretty good. I like that. They also added uh, a Denny Hechevaria. I don't know why, yeah. but they did that. But the other big one was Josh Donaldson traded oh. to the Indians, the Welsh. And Let's go. been in zero lineups. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't matter if he was in lineups anyway because all the leagues where I have Josh Donaldson, I'm not in the playoffs. No. So it doesn't matter. No, no playoffs? No, zero shares of playoffs. Would you believe okay. that actually <laughs> the Bourbon League that I'm in, uh, I think our play am I, do I have this right? I think our playoffs might start this week. Let's see. And I think Today? I, I think I just made it. Yeah, this coming week. Let's see. Why can I not check this league? Because you're not in the playoffs. No, don't Booty. say that. Don't say that. No, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is the playoffs. And I playoffs. Th- playoffs. And I'm pretty sure I uh, coasted in at, uh, I think there's six spots that make it. I think I got five or six. Not sure ah, which one. Congrats. But I have Josh Donaldson on that team. And I took him pretty high, so maybe I'll be able to recoup some of Josh Donaldson's poopness, and I'll be able to uh, put that into bourbon winning. Well, congratulations. I don't have uh, Josh Donaldson in a playoff spot anymore. Oh, here's a stat. All teams that I have on Yahoo, playoffs. Congratulations. Not all Fantrax teams on playoffs, <laughs> but a couple. A couple, one, some of I'm them. one of three on Yahoo, and I think I'm uh, at least half in uh 
in fan track. So uh, Gio Gonzalez traded to the Brewers. He was kind of salty about it, too, from what I heard. I think he was upset uh, to be leaving Washington. And uh, Curtis Granderson also to the Brewers. So add a little bit of firepower. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Finally, there can't be any trades. You know what I mean? Like th- this is <laughs> literally like the two month span that there can't be any trades. Really, it's almost like one month, actually, because once uh, you get out of the playoffs and everything, like I remember last I think it was last year, or the year before, when I was in the fall league, a fall league guy got traded in the middle of the league. Like he was on, <laughs> his name was um, oh, Victor Alcantara, I think. Mesa Mesa. No, he was oh. uh, uh, a relief pitcher for the Tigers, and he got traded to the Angels in the middle of the fall league. So did he go to like from the Javelinas to the Saguaros or something? I'm trying to remember. I think he did. I think that happened. The same thing so actually they, happened the, with whatever the team was just kept him in the fall league. Yeah, he was because he had been there the whole time. Now this also happened. God, I'm trying to think of when the hell this happened. This happened with Jake Rogers when uh, with the Astros. Like he was traded and then he got put on. Yeah, the trades are weird, man. I, I can't remember the details of it, but like there were trades done in the quote off season and it affected the AFL. So like there's hardly a time that players don't get traded. This is one of the few in baseball we can at least take a breather, at least for your AL and NL only teams. Uh, let's see. Joey Votto was finally activated. Remember, he was doing sliding drills and hoping to be activated. So his wish was granted. Congratulations. Uh, Sean Reed Foley struck out 10 in seven innings in his uh, third start for the Blue Jays. I don't know if he's going to keep starting. He's been but he too, looked, man. Yeah, he looked pretty good. I mean, this could be one of those, you know, September call ups if he winds up starting because we're not getting the really good ones like Eloy and Vlad. So maybe Sean Reed Foley. We're actually can getting be- a lot of pitchers and so right. many less hitters which has been so odd uh yeah and we're gonna do that in just a second because i have a list of them down here uh the rangers are throwing out an opener for today and i hate this trend i don't think they're it the only getting... one i think the twins are doing it too yep and uh somebody uh the chris a- sale the a's uh well chris sale is gonna be back next week but they said they might use him as a opener come on show. okay uh, can we Label opener at least five innings, please. Can that be the opener? <laughs> Qualify That's for it. a win? Just if you start the game, you're an opener. You, you might th- go nine, but Honestly, you're an opener. Honestly, does baseball, if they're going to have the opener, do we need to reconsider what the standard for a uh, a starting pitcher to get the win is? by th- like It needs to be like three innings. Oh, no. I, honestly, do you think there needs to be... Do you think baseball, if, if baseball embraces it enough... I they, want a QO, a quality open. That's what I want. That's oh. a new stat. Oh, I like that. Let's play those leagues. It's like a save. Quality open. We'll do quality opens and we'll do a war. That'll be a fun league. <laughs> Our war league. It's the worst league ever he just invented. And we'll have D-war, uh, defensive war. That'll be great. Uh, David Price is uh, looking to come back next weekend. If not, then early next week. So we'll see. Uh, maybe Sean for the du- playoffs. Sean Doolittle uh, could be activated early this week. So maybe we're going to get some saves finally. From the Nationals, Uh, Josh James, who you mentioned last week, came up five innings pitch, three earned in nine Ks. Don't know if he'll get another start because Charlie Morton should be back this week. Uh, Chris Chris Bryant activated from the DL. Did you swoon? I swooned. I I swooned as soon as I put him back in my lineups. Uh, Cashman said that they uh, the Yankees expect Chapman to pitch again this year. 
but nah. they're not sure. I saw reports. It looks. I'm, I'm not sure he's coming back. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think it's just Britain time for the rest of this year. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, Gary Sanchez, both activated. Uh, Kopech was rained out again, so only three innings in his last start. Uh, Luis Urias hit his first bomb. And mm-hmm. uh, how about Christian Yelich's cycle? Yeah, like beautiful thing. We're going to talk about Christian Yelich, I think, in a little bit. So uh, some interesting call-ups, not the ones that we wanted, obviously, in uh, Eloy Jimenez. And and the Fall League kind of affected some guys that, you know, is in Peter Alonso and Vlad Jr. That I mean, I shouldn't say that the Fall League affected it. The teams affected what they wanted to do, and they used the Fall League as the way to get the guys extra at-bats. I mean, that's that's one of the tricky things, man. That's why I think Kyle Tucker might have even been a little salty about it last year was, you know, instead of coming up, it was him. Uh, uh, or did he come up? No, I don't think he came up last year at all. But it was, you know, him just getting those extra, to, extra at-bats for a full-season practice. They do that in the Fall League because these guys can get 85-something at-bats. So that's what they get to do with Lai Jr. and Peter Alonso without, quote, giving him those at-bats in season, they'll just still accumulate it in the AFL. But there were interesting call-ups. And the Braves, though, they were the ones that were like, and they always do, hey, guys, we're cool. We'll call up all the pitching prospects. Tuki <laughs> Desant, Bryce Wilson both coming back, and Kyle Wright making his first appearance. And I haven't seen what role any of them are going to play, but damn, what I'd love to see them to- as starters. Yeah, I'm hoping Tuki gets a starting spot. I think that's a possibility. I don't well, know. About, I mean, Bryce Wilson was really good though, too. It, yeah, and and Kyle Wright's probably the highest ranked prospect out of all of them, right? Yep. So yeah, uh, I I don't I don't know what they're gonna do, but they got them all on the roster. Because uh, I'm looking Red- right now, because they've got Tehran, Fulte, Newcomb, Gossman, and Anibal Sanchez. So that Anibal San- one of these guys is getting that fifth rotation spot. I don't know which one it's going to be, and they're probably going to put the others in like a long relief role, or maybe they go to a six man rotation. Yeah, Lucas Sims came up with the Reds. Um, former you know, Brave. Uh, yeah, former Brave. I, I don't know. That was the Adam Duvall piece. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get in there. Daniel Norris is going to come up and start right out of the van and into the the onto the mound. There he goes. Get himself a new van. Um, then we have some hitters coming up. Uh, these ones are interesting. I don't know if they'll make an impact, but Alex Verdugo, uh, Lewis Brinson, Domingo Santana. Wow. Jesus. Uh, Franklin Barreto, Dustin Fowler was hitting leadoff when he came back up, and Delano DeShields. I mean, and Delano DeShields is really activated from the disabled list, but they did it on the first. Yeah, you know. That I way. mean, Santana's interesting, but I just don't know who's going to get regular time here. I assume Fowler's the guy that could get regular time. You think Brinson should? I sh- I wish. Yeah, he should. He I was mean, so bad though. <laughs> so wrong about him. It's so brutal. Yeah, I mean him uh, and uh, those the super athletic outfielders just some of them didn't pan out. Some did, some didn't pan out. Like Brinson and uh, Byron Bucks, Byron Bucks, and another well, guy not getting. Remember called when out. Harold Reynolds called him Mike Trout with more speed? Yeah, well, remember Harold that? Reynolds is like. <laughs> I'm just saying that guy. <laughs> that guy's a he's, national treasure. He's a little treasure. too excited. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. I mean, also well, maybe less dong picks. Kyler uh, Murray is uh, Bo Jackson. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's Kyler Murray, and he's at Oklahoma Jack. right now. Uh, okay. What do you okay. say? Uh, I also listed out a couple two start pitchers. These are guys going tomorrow, Tuesday and Sunday. That might be uh, available in leagues, right? They might be available. Well, I don't think Fulty's available. I don't know why I put him on here, but Mike Montgomery at Milwaukee at Washington, Ugh. Cody Reed at Pittsburgh, San Diego, mm-hmm. Mike Clevenger, probably not available, but maybe Casey and at Toronto, Andrew Haney at Texas Ooh. and at the White Sox. Like I like even though they're both road games, I like Andrew Haney 
Cody Reed is interesting, but no, nah, I wouldn't mess with that. I, I saw Cody Reed in the uh, in spring training, and boy, that dude <laughs> was something else. He had he was having such a rough go of it. He could not get that ball to first base. They ran so many drills with him, trying to get him uh, to be able to throw over to first base, and it was not happening. But uh, that beside the point, Andrew Haney would be the guy I'd want here. Yeah, I, I think he's the guy I'd want to. So maybe, you know, maybe you're in a points league. You'll take anybody. Those are the guys that are supposed to start Tuesday and Sunday. Yeah. So. All right. What else we got? Uh, I got some uh, Fantasy Pros good weekend matchups uh, at Arizona for the Braves because Arizona can't hit right now. Uh, Tehran, Newcomb, both are going. Uh, San Diego, are, uh, the Reds are playing San Diego, Desclafani, Harvey, and mm. for, aforementioned Cody Reed. Maybe. Uh, and these are all according to Fantasy Pro, so these teams probably just in a cold streak as far as runs go. Uh, at Minnesota is Phil Meyer, uh, Jorge Lopez, and Jake Junis with the Royals. Junis. Uh, uh, at Chicago is Pena and Haney. Uh, at, uh, versus the Giants is Anderson, Guerra, and Davies. Those are good uh, ones. I like those. Kyle Gibson against Kansas City. Always going to be a good one yep. against Kansas City. Lennon Sabathia at Seattle. Eflin and Vasquez at the Mets. Nova and Williams against Miami at home. Gomber, Weaver, Flaherty at Detroit. I mean, any of the Detroit, Miami, Mets ones you just rattle off. I love all of those. Yeah. So just, you know, just to keep in mind, playoffs are coming. Uh, and, and maybe you need to make some preemptive moves. That's what we got as far as the good ones this weekend. I like it. All right, uh, let's get to our guest. It is Steve Gardner from USA Today. We love him. You love him. So let's go have some fun. How would you like to manage in this league this year? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is a chance to manage in the big leagues. Let me think it over, will you? Scott Bogman. I got Chris Welsh. The other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. It is the final guest of our baseball season. You know, until then we get into like, hey guys, we're off season. Now we're having four guests an episode and we just, it never really truly ends. But (laughs) it's one of our favorite people on the planet. Steve Gardner from USA Today. Follow him on Twitter at Steve A. Gardner. Mr. Gardner, what is going on, my friend? Gentlemen, how are you? This is this is great. Nice little uh, Labor Day weekend and uh, getting ready for the stretch run in baseball. You know, a lot of people sit back. I've heard over the last like month or even into now, and like people are excited, but people are like, "Uh, it's right before football." I think this is like the best time ever. If I we enjoy basketball, so basketball's starting to be talked about. Fantasy basketball. You've got mm-hmm. baseball going on. College football. Bogman went nuts with college football yesterday, and then we've got football about to start up. And I mean, baseball has been as exciting as it's been in a while. Though there's some things that we're taking away from us that we're going to talk about here in a minute. But what's going on with you? I know you do your football and baseball over at USA Today. So what is uh, what has your slate been looking like? Yeah, this is when I get to uh, work on my juggling skills because I'm trying <laughs> to keep up with baseball, trying to keep up with my teams, you know, that I, I want to get to the fantasy playoffs or, or to make a run down the stretch. So working about uh, worrying about those and then, yeah, getting everything in shape because you guys know football w- with the masses football is king and you've got to have everything ready and when you're the only guy that's really responsible for everything you got to make sure that it's all put together so uh, i'm i'm pulling my hair out some of the time and uh enjoying this time of year because it's really exciting the rest well at least it doesn't sound stressful so that's good that's that's me yeah it's exactly right okay so you brought up an interesting point we talked about this at the top of the show and i just want to know where you're at with this so you talk about 
you know, us as analysts and, and just commenters, you know, that we've got to keep it kind of relevant and something for you, you know, you really got to keep the baseball going over at USA Today. But also teams are kind of inundated with that. And whether you're a playoff team, you're not a playoff team. We talked about some of the kerfuffle that went on about not only Vlad Jr. theoretically not getting a call because he's going to the Arizona Fall League, but Eloy Jimenez. We see more talk about lawsuits going on. We see obvious manipulate, manipulation of um, this contractual thing that they've got with these minor leaguers. There's not a player that hasn't proven that they're more ready, but obviously the White Sox, they just don't have anything to play for and they want to have control of it. We, we were kind of talking how there's, you know, there's this element of like, hey, if, you know, take Chicago specifically, you want to get some eyes back on baseball when you're not fighting for something. You know, you bring up one of your top prospects, show what the future looks like, build some rapport, don't let the first pro at bats be into the next season, you know, just get a little bit under your belt. That would be a nice way to get people talking about it. Where do you stand on this fight where teams manipulate their control of their prospects, prospects that look like they deserve to come up and there really isn't any true guy that's blocking them back. Do you feel adamant that it's wrong? Do you just kind of move past it? What What are your thoughts on this Eloy stuff? Well, it's number one, it's completely legal during uh, uh, under the rules of the current collective bargaining agreement. But that said, it just feels so wrong. I mean, you yeah. you don't think Vlad Guerrero Jr. in Toronto could get some people worked up into a frenzy to come out and see that team in the month of September? I mean, it's, it's really sad. And I think the thing is, is that Major League Baseball clubs have the financial hammer and they can pretty much do whatever they want because of the way that they've kind of you know worked over the players union over the last couple of bargaining sessions and i think that's one of the things that baseball needs to address and really if if you had a, co- a commissioner who was able to stand up to some of the owners and think about the best interests of baseball we would address some of these things and it wouldn't be one of those well it's negotiable because it's part of the cba so if if we're going to give you that players you have to give us something back it's just it seems to me it's silly and it's something that that fans should be able to enjoy the best players playing the most exciting players and not have to worry about this service time game i mean they're playing it not only with with vlad jr and eloy jimenez the minnesota twins are playing this with byron buxton oh i forgot yeah yeah who is a guy that has proven himself i mean my goodness to be worthless well, year? he has for this year, for sure. <laughs> but for the team it, to say no, we are no, not bringing him up in September is a yes. statement upon statements. It's it's horrible. And the fact, you know, that their cover is, well, he has an injury, you know, his wrist is not uh, completely healthy. Well, then why were you playing him in the minor leagues? Exactly. And, and he was hitting close to 400 in the minors. So it, none of that makes sense. I think that's that's just as egregious even more so and something should be done with that you know know? one of my biggest problems with this has always been and i i I haven't talked about this recently i didn't even think about this in the open but i mentioned this once before and bogman will probably remember one of my biggest problems with baseball has always been their lack of acceptance to kind of a new generation and everyone always sits and complains like it's an old man sport it's boring people don't want to watch it but we always have this suppression of like oh we can't bat flip we can't celebrate here's another thing 
it's a game where these guys jump into the prime of their lives at like 27, 28, where you have these other sports like football. Ezekiel Elliott coming onto the scene as a 21-year-old. You've got 19-year-old basketball players that come on and just dominate, become superstars. Donovan Mitchell, these guys become superstars, and they're barely 20 years old. People get excited about the phenom aspect. It's hard to get excited when a 27-year-old Adam Duvall comes into his season (laughs) with the Cincinnati Reds to hit 30 homers, but if you can have a 21-year-old kid who has never struck out more than 100 times at any level of his minor league career and you can come in with the light tower power and you can get the guys riled up look at Ronald Acuna look at Juan Soto I mean not that the Nationals needed a 19 year old to get excited about the team but look at what he did to that um to that city just coming by storm at that age that's what baseball needs more of and that's what's the most disappointing part of it where you see a team like the Nationals say screw it and they bring up 19 year old Juan Soto but the White Sox aren't bringing up this 21 almost 22 year old outfielder who is going to be one of the faces of their organization it's just it's Baseball, like you were kind of saying, having a having a um, a, uh, a manager. What am I? I'm just uh, commissioner. Having a commissioner that can stand up and fight for what's best for the game to have these young stars come into the game. It's only going to make baseball better and more eyes and more people get excited about it. Yep, I agree, and it's 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 more than just putting players' nicknames on the back of jerseys for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. you know, let's let's see the young players. Let's get involved. Let's see some emotion. I'm sure those guys would provide that, and and the fans would would come to love them like Nationals fans love Juan Soto. I mean, I think that's one of the great things about this year for the Nationals. If there's a good thing, um, it, most of it's been disappointing, but the fact that he came up as a teenager and Nobody really knew what to expect from him, but everybody knew that he'd done great things in the minor leagues. And then to put him on the stage and say, okay, go get him, and to have him play as well as he has, I think that's that's a fantastic story. And we could have more of those, but not, you know, if not for the, the teams playing a lot of these service time games. Yeah. It's it's a bummer. It bums it bums me out. It's you know the what would your Steve, I just I gotta get this in. What would your jersey say? No, on the back of it. <laughs> would it say it, I hate RPs? <laughs> no, no, and and it would be it would be a one catcher league or no, that's that's too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you guys. Um, we I had when I was growing up, I had a personalized softball jersey, and this will tell you both my age and and how horrible an athlete I am. I had on the back of my jersey blade. For Mark Belanger, the Baltimore Orioles shortstop, who oh, hit boy. like 210 for his career, but was really good in the field. And that was basically my game. I couldn't hit worth crap, but I could, at least I felt like I could play some defense. So he was, you know, while everybody else is, you know, idolizing Jim Palmer and, and uh, Cal Ripken, guys like that, uh, I've got Mark Belanger, this 210 hitting shortstop. Mine would just say bench. (laughs) Mine would say not Johnny, right? Mine would say purple drink because everyone calls me Welch. So mine would be purple drink. (laughs) I feel I feel like yours would be uh, Steve good as like save holds just to really like lay in that like we don't like closers. You just be save holds. Okay. There you go. That would be great. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Steve, we saw Otani come back and pitch tonight, two and a third, uh, two earned, two walks, uh, two strikeouts. 
Are, are you encouraged by this? And if, if he's going to get a longer leash moving forward, I mean, we are hitting the playoffs and, and that type of stuff in head-to-head leagues. Are you running him out there in a playoff matchup potentially? Guys, I, I, I noticed that, um, and, and a lot of people on Twitter noticed this too, that his velocity in his last inning or as he was getting deeper into that, and yeah, I'm sure he's not worked up stamina, but the velocity loss that he had was very pronounced. And you should have seen all of the, there a lot of people saying, what the heck are the Angels doing throwing him out there right now yeah. where it means nothing to them? And, you know, he's... He's dealing with a potentially serious injury, and all you can do is is bad things. It seems like, and a lot of a lot of concern is out there for Otani and his arm and his elbow. That what they're doing, making him or allowing him to pitch. Uh, yeah, I think the doctors say he can't really do anything, you know, to damage it anymore or whatever. It's it's frightening to me, and I'm I'm afraid that if they do that, a couple more starts, something's really going to be wrong, and we're not going to see him pitch at all next year. I wonder what Ooh. the argument's going to look like next year. By the way, of the now that we have like a background in the pitching, like what do you think? What do you think the conversation is going to be surrounded Otani? Next year, like, is he going to be a viable pitching option for people? Do we think he's going to get 100 plus? We now know what he can do as a hitter. Like, how do you think do you think he's going to sit in the similar draft range, higher or lower? I think there was a lot of optimism this year in drafts because we've never seen anything like that. And and the way that people wanted to be able to use him, you know, that was the real question is not how, you know, the angels would use him or how fantasy owners would use him, but how the commissioner service on the league that you were in was going to be able to slot him. And, and I think there was a lot of excitement of, of people who just wanted to own him so that they could move him from utility to pitcher and, and have that uh, advantage that nobody else has. I think now we've seen the reality, and it's tough to say that he's going to be valuable because you don't know when he's going to hit. You know, unless, unless you're in a daily lineup league and, and you can say, oh, he's in the lineup today, I'll move him in, I'll move him out when he uh, you know, is pitching or resting. Um, I think his value is going to go down, and I think people see that the, the injury – issue is real and although it would be wonderful if he could stay healthy and you could actually have a weapon that you could deploy like that i think it would be fabulous but i think the reality is it's just so hard to do and it's so physically taxing that um we're never going to see the otani that i think everybody was kind of envisioning do you think you'll own any shares no, I don't. I kind of um, don't think I will either. I was I was a big defender of Otani in his ability, and I think in some uh, fashion I was correct on the hitting end, and the injuries really depleted the uh, pitching end. But you know, the the bigger story might be the capability of doing it all, which is going to come down to. I just don't see myself investing in Otani next year. I'm kind of pissed they let him pitch because he was hitting so well uh, yeah. the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I think he's just going to tease people because he's going to have outings, you know, when he's on the mound that he throws like seven innings, shutout ball and three hits and 12 strikeouts. And you're you're going to have him out of your lineup that day or something like that. And and he's going to hit two home runs and he's going to be on your bench. There are going to be days like that, that that really um, he may be valuable, but to be able to time when he's in and when he's out 
is going to be almost impossible. Yeah, it truly is. All right, so we commissioned some questions from our ITL Army, and Bogman, you've got some questions. I'm assuming most of these are going to be probably related to next year, but maybe some into this year, so why don't you start us off? What do we got? First one says, hey, guys, how high does Whit Merrifield get drafted next year? He's more than matched the breakout, should finish with a 300 average, 80 runs, 15 homers, and 35 swipes, plus triple eligibility. Will the hype get too high? And he goes in the top 30, or does Casey's offense alone stagnate him and make him a steal in the 50s? Any insight is appreciated, and that is from our guy, CK. What do you think, Steve? I think he's going to be a value, and uh, I think that people will get scared away. He won't be as sexy as a lot of other people on a lot of other teams. But really, I don't see how the Royals' offense gets any worse <laughs> you know, <laughs> than they've been That's this year. a good year. point. The, and he's still been able to, you know, kind of buck the trend that I think a lot of people saw um, at the beginning of this year as they didn't believe in him. And he's been able to have a great uh, follow up to last year's breakout season. So I'm I'm in with Whit Merrifield. Yeah, I think I am, too. I mean, I wonder like I'm looking at Yahoo, their pre his pre uh, season rank was 123. I kind of think he could go a little bit higher than that. More than anything, that like there, there's going to be less of that worry factor of can he, uh, can he uh, do what he did before? You know, can he be as dominant? His average is going to go higher. His power is going to be less, and RBIs are obviously going to be down due to that team. But like we said, we've probably seen a lot of the worst. I think he could be sitting around like, I don't know, like 110. I think he's like a border like 100 I think type he's of player. Higher than that. You think he'll be much higher? He's, I mean, he's going to steal 30 bases and hit, you know, 10, 15 home runs at 300 well, average. He's got 11 homers and it's like September. So I'm right. not, I wouldn't say he's going to hit 15 homers. Maybe he gets in yeah, one he's or gonna two more. He's going to hit 13. He's going to have double digit homers and 30 steals. He's going to have 30 steals and he's going to be a 300 hitter for sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. So with double digit homers, I think, I just think he's going to go higher than that because uh, the lack of stolen bases uh, overall. And uh, and he's kind of proven it two years in a row. I think I think he's closer to seventy five. Oh, I don't really? think he's a post. What do you think, Steve? What what in that range? I'm saying uh, one ten. Bogman saying seventy five. No, I'm I'm with Bogman there. I'd say right around seventy five. I went back and looked at my preseason. I had him seventy nine this year, and um, I'm I'm thinking that he deserves to be moved up a little bit more. So yeah, that seventy five sounds good to me. And to be fair, too, in a standard 5x5, five five, his current rank is 39. So actually, Bob, yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe he is going to – I mean, you're not going to give him a top – he's not going to be a top 50 player, but if they want to break the difference between what it was last year and this year, you, you actually, you're probably right, Bob. It's probably going to be between 75 and 85. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some people that reach, and there's going to be some leagues where they're like, eh, I don't want any part of this Royals offense. So I think, I think he's one of those guys that's going to wind up having a wide range of – selections but i think his average is gonna be right around 75 yeah I, I think you're probably right uh next one here says this season bogman has been known for two things not having a family <laughs> and having the most belief in patrick corbin who are pitchers that despite a solid close to the end of their season this year will be highly underrated going into the 2019 campaign and that's from our guy jag oh that's interesting okay so okay so follow me again it's going to be pitchers that ended their season really solid but maybe weren't solid pitchers right that that uh they're, they're going to be uh underrated going into next year because like their late surge didn't change their overall stats 
Okay, let me throw a couple out here because I'm going to give you the last 30 days and we're going to talk about some pitchers. There's some obvious names who have been dominant like Blake Snell, Zach Wheeler. But how about uh, Jermaine Marquez with Colorado? He is 19th overall, being the fifth pitcher in a standard 5x5, 53 strikeouts with a 2-1-4 ERA. Do you think that's one of those qualified late-season guys? He's only got a 4 ERA on the season, Steve, but do you think with how amazing this back half of the season's been, he's going to be kind of an underrated player to look at next year? Uh, I think he will be. I think um, we may see Kyle Freeland be one of those guys that goes a little bit higher, that becomes a little bit more valuable because he's had um, a longer streak of success so far this season. But um, yeah, the the Rockies pitching has, you know, it hasn't been horrible this year. And uh, especially when you look at Freeland, who was free this season in just about every league. <laughs> and he's been pretty darn good for, what, three, four months now? And I, I think he's one of those guys, maybe more so than Marquez, that you would, uh, you would look at as somebody who's surged and will probably be undervalued still next season. Bogman, here's another one. Kevin Gossman, since he's been traded to the Atlanta Braves, has been really good. Over the last 30 days, he's 24th overall, a 1-6 ERA. Strikeouts are low, but he's getting the wins. I mean, since he has been traded, I mean, August 4th, he had a little bit of a hiccup. Other, other than that, he has been nothing short of dominant, picking up wins, going deep into games. I mean, getting the hell out of Baltimore has done wonders for him. He had a pre uh, draft rank of uh, 211. He's also one of those players that his name just ensues laughing. This could be one of those guys, pending his situation, of course, that is super low rank that might be a, a, a performer. I like that one. One I like is, uh, and and you guys may even scoff at this one. Is it a Diamondback? No, it's not. For the last month, Lucas Giolito has been pretty good. Mm. Uh, Pat, the, the second half ERA is dropped uh, a run and a half down to four and a half, but his August is 386. <laughs> and I read somewhere that the big thing for Lucas Giolito was not having Wellington Castillo catch him because Castillo was just so bad for him. It was like every start that he had with Castillo, he'd get blown up. And he still got blown up in a couple non-Castillo starts, of course. But it seems like he has really turned it on this last month of the season. And remember, this dude one at one time was super, super hyped. He was Kopech, Forrest Whipley uh, type of a hype. So I think that he could wind up uh, doing something next season. I wonder, and he's a guy that's probably going to be free. I would like to watch him this last month because Wellington Castillo has just been brought back to yes. see if he doesn't catch any of uh, Giolito's games, if they maybe give Giolito a personal catcher, or if he does catch a bunch of games, if he's just out when Giolito comes in. That could play a role. I'll just throw out one guy who's been uh, I mean, pretty good since he's been up, but he was just such a low-ranked player. I don't think his rise is going to be significant enough that's going to put him in a weird spot. But how about Derek Rodriguez with the uh, Giants? He had 247 ERA on the season, low strikeouts, but he had a pre-draft rank oh, essentially like into the 400s. He's just one of those guys that even though the good season's there, I'll bet you he's going to even out at like, he's probably going to rank over 180, you know, maybe into the 200s. And he just might be one of those uh, performers. So that might be another guy that I take a look at. Yep, you got any more, I like Steve? Him. 
Um, uh, just a couple that came to mind real quick. Carlos Rodon um, of the White ah, Sox has been really good since he came back. And um, another guy, I, I think um, Jack Flaherty, too, for yeah. the Cardinals, has been very, very impressive. And, um, you know, all the hype last year around this time was centered around Luke Weaver, and he kind of fizzled out. But Flaherty was a comparable, you know, a minor leaguer in terms of uh, the hype and, and the, uh, the prospect pedigree. But um, he's... He's definitely uh, taken a couple steps forward this season with the Cardinals. Next one says, hey, guys, got to drop two to make room for my minor league players on active roster choices are Jose Perella, Carlos Gomez, Lucas Duda, Jorge Soler, uh, Soler, he says Soler here, yeah. uh, Bradley Zimmer and Tyler Molly. This is a 20-team dynasty, and I can't throw Zimmer and Molly down in the minors. I'm in the playoffs going for it all. Thanks, big guy and Bogman. Oh. <laughs> Captain Sean Oh, Shirt. wow. He can't get too mad. He just upgraded. I mean, so. if he had not just upgraded to being a captain <laughs> in the Army, <laughs> Sean, you want to throw? I'm telling you, don't test me, man. Don't test me. Don't try to be funny. Leave that to us. You just do your thing. Don't drop the big guy out there. Uh, I would say any of these players, if you're going for it, I know it's a 20-team dynasty, but like, I immediately look and I just say, any of them work, but if you want a, a more definitive answer, I would say Carlos Gomez and how about um, how about Perella? You know, I don't think yeah. I don't think Perella's got a, a future with the San Diego Padres as far as where they're bringing up their minor leaguers. But if you wanted to say, hey, I kind of like Perella, I want to drop Duda, go ahead, man. These are these yeah. are all losers. Drop all of them and get your minor leaguers up. Can't yeah. argue with that a bit. Okay. Do you agree <laughs> that? But do you agree they're losers, Steve? They're all losers. They're, they're not personally. You know, yeah, they're, no, no. They're nice guys. Just professionally. <laughs> professionally. Yeah, okay. But, uh, but yes, yeah, I, I don't want any part of them even. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, where does Christian Yelich get drafted next year? That's a pretty simple question from Will Hall. Uh, very, very high. Okay, let's start with this. Is Christian Yelich taken in the second round next year, Steve? Yes. Yes, he will. Top 20. The, I'll say... Yes, he will. Um, the, uh, he checks all the boxes, you know, yeah. all the categories. Um, the power is developed this year. Uh, he's still running. The Brewers like to run. Batting average, he could be uh, a batting champion. The, everything, there's everything to like. So, yes. Okay, I got one for you. Christian Yelich or Andrew Benintendi in 2019? <laughs> you know, he was kind of the guy that I felt like was a comp for Yelich um, because there was a lot of helium with Benintendi this year. He, uh, I know at, at least one of my 15 team drafts, he was taken at the turn of 2-3. Um, and I thought that was pretty aggressive, but it turned out to be a good pick. Yeah, he lived up to I, it. I would say, I would say Yelich. Just, I'm, I'm with uh, you. But smallest of margins. I think I, I think I might be with you. I mean, Yelich, 26 homers, 16 stolen bases with a 317 average. He's going to get over 100 on the runs. RBIs will get in the 80s. Benintendi, I would say they're actually almost identical in runs and RBIs. Uh, a lot less homers, 10 less homers, only, what is it, four more stolen bases, and his average is about 20 to 30 points lower. 30 points lower, actually. So they're both very good. They're both very close. You hate to pay for last year's production, but Yelich is a guy that has continuously proven it. So especially if, if maybe you want to 
want to get a little risky, want to throw around, throw, throw around a little bit. Yelich is like a perfect floor player to take in the second round, and uh, you're going to feel really good about it if he falls into the third round next year. I think he's a guy that could get pre-draft ranked more like 26 to 28, somewhere in there, even though he's deserved of being a second round pick. Kind of like how like Freddie Freeman has been. You know, Freddie Freeman would get drafted, uh, like ranked in like the 25s or something like that, but you take him on the uh, the turn of the second round. That's kind of how I view Yelich, but you know, he's going to be a super, super floor option. What do you think, Boggs? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. You just have to lean towards Yelich in that because of the 10 extra homers, you know, the uh, a little bit more power. I think that negates whatever you know, ridiculous lineup that Boston is running out there year after year. So, which I mean, Milwaukee has a fantastic lineup this year too. So, uh, yeah, I think you got to go towards Yelich in that one. I don't know that it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely close, but uh, I think it's kind of an easy answer. Um, and the next one here, we kind of talked about these a little bit earlier, yeah. Steve, so I'll let you answer this. Are there any September call-ups that will get significant playing time and who are a few top guys that will barely see the field? Wow. Um, well, Eloy won't see the field, by the way, Robert. Just pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, gosh, it's it's hard to say, and and I haven't really, um, I haven't really thought hard about some of those call ups. Um, well, they're also not a lot of- like super exciting, to be honest with you. We haven't had yeah. any. Like, we haven't even seen Victor Robles. Like Victor, like Victor right. Robles would be a guy that I saw people clamoring like he's got to go back to the fall league and this that and the other thing. We're just not seeing any Victor Robles out there. I'd love to actually see him. He might be a sneaky one that no one's talking about. But yeah, there's like it's like Verdugo, you know, Willie Calhoun. It's the guys that we've we've been seeing. We've seen them right. before. I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I'd give you a little time to think. So I don't know if there's any names that we're not really thinking of that are going to have a significant playing time. And I'd say more than not, there's probably a lot of guys that are not going to see a ton of the field. Yeah, and another guy we won't be seeing is Peter Alonso. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. You know, that's that's a shame because I remember seeing him in the Futures game, and he had hit one of the longer home runs I've seen at Nationals Park uh, ever. And you know that kind of power certainly plays, but yet the Mets can't find any room for him because they're going to try and you know fit Jay Bruce in at first base or something <laughs> like that. Also, Robert, we won't be seeing Byron Buxton. So there's no another one. Byron no. Buxton. Nope. Uh, you, we did this a couple shows ago, but I'm interested to hear uh, if you have this done, Steve. And if not, I don't want to put you on the spot too much. But what does next year's first round look like? And that's uh, from our guy, Robert Russell. Uh, good question. And no, I, I do plan on writing about that. But um, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see obviously we'll have we'll have Trout and Mookie Betts I think are one and two Altuve is still I think going to be in there um Jose Ramirez I, has to go in there Jose this year. Ramirez has to be in there uh I think Francisco Lindor probably is going to be in there yep. um Arenado definitely has to be there uh Freddie Freeman Okay, see, J.D. Martinez. Well, here, I'm glad you just did that because, like, we've done this a couple times where we've gone through the first round. We've gone through some names. I almost wanted to change it, but I didn't want to interrupt to say, do you have any guys that might feel off the fringe that get into the first round? And you just said one in Freddie Freeman where I don't think that's one that people look at as a consensus because we all know the common names. We've just rattled them off. Bob, we need J.D. Martinez, you know, Mookie Betts, uh, Jose Ramirez. We know there's going to be a couple pitchers in there, probably um, a Chris Sand and Max Scherzer, those guys are going to sit in I there. I think Steve is probably considering top 15 also, right? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, twelve to fifteen. I still okay. don't think Freddie Freeman is in that conversation for most people. I'm not. I'm not. By the way, I'm not disputing. I'm saying you're giving us maybe a different name to look at because also when you get into that twelve thirteen range, you start to get to like Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant. So you think Freeman is sitting in that first round territory? I do. You know, everybody used to talk about how you know Paul Goldschmidt gave you the the advantage at first base when because of his stolen bases. You know, Freddie Freeman's getting close to that double-digit stolen base uh, area too, and so I mean, in addition to the home runs, batting average, and and ribbies and everything, I think he's on the borderline. And how about uh, this, I, Freddie Freeman yeah. or Paul Goldschmidt next year? That's I'm I may go Freeman because. You're going to have Ooh. the Braves offense. I'm mm. sorry about this, guys. <laughs> but you're going to have that Braves offense. Uh, I think Ozzy Albies will be better. Ronald Acuna is going to be at the top of the lineup. And you've got Freeman hitting there. That's going to be a very tempting spot. And uh, They'll probably also have some 16-year-old playing uh, right field, too, for the Braves. <laughs> they like to bring up their prospects early. But, yeah. yeah, yeah after right. You know who he didn't mention was Javier Baez. And he has uh, 100 RBI, 30 homers, and 21 stolen bases this year. He's going to be interesting. He's going to be really interesting. <laughs> going to be very interesting. And, you know, you're going to get that dual eligibility at shortstop and second base. Um, can he can he hold up the batting average, though? I mean, that's that's the one question. His plate discipline in the past has been a little shaky. But this year, everything has come together. You know, is it a, a career year for him in terms of making contact and, and batting average? That's that's an excellent question. Um, I think he's got to be in that conversation, too, probably, because he's done it this season. Um, I, I think, though, he's maybe less of a sure thing than Freddie Freeman would be. So I'm thinking Baez right around that Christian Yelich area. Okay, last, how many pitchers? Yeah, yeah, Bogman, you nailed it. That's what I was going to ask is how many pitchers are in that first round? I think you guys nailed it with Sale, um, with Scherzer. I think Corey Kluber is going to be there. And beyond that, I, I I don't think we can safely put Clayton Kershaw to make it a repeat of the, the big four from this past year. Jacob so DeGrom? Say, ah, yeah. Tempting, but I don't think he's first round material. I think he's probably that second round, you know, get a hitter first, then come with your ace and uh, and pick him up in that second round. So I would say three in the first round. Always a bridesmaid, leads- never a bride. That leads perfectly to this question. Hello, sirs. What is your strategy for next season when it comes to starting pitching? With most starters going five to six innings, team using bullpens the entire game and a bunch of pitchers that can't stay healthy and openers, uh, does pitching drop way down in your draft beside the solid aces? What is the highest spot you would take a starting pitcher? And that is from our guy, Toby. What do you think, Steve? I think that, yes, those aces are going to be pushed up. And the the really good ones that you can count on to give you, you know, not only innings, but strikeouts per nine innings. You know, the the DeGroms, the Scherzers, those guys that can give you all those strikeouts. It's going to be a huge advantage. And I think every single league that I'm going to be in next year, I'm going to try and get me an ace in the first or second round or pay twenty five to thirty dollars to get that staff anchor because you just can't make it up from <laughs> piecemeal the way that it, it's been in the past. I, I don't well, look think at it's this going to garbage. be that easy. 
after Aaron Nola, I'm just looking at the Yahoo pre-ranks. So after Aaron Nola, who's been amazing, and Severino and Carrasco, Verlander, DeGrom, all those guys are good. But there's a stretch of Robbie Ray, Hugh Darvish, Carlos Martinez, and Jose Quintana and Chris Archer. It's like a minefield. Yep. It's it's like trying to guess the mind. So like, like uh, Toby asked us here, I mean, I think it's just going to have to be a big gap. It's going to be those really solid guys you know you can count on. They've done it for multiple seasons. Big gap, and then you're picking out of the rest of the You know what guys. I wonder? You want these middling dudes. I wonder if we're going to see more than ever the first two picks in drafts people go multi-pitcher. Like, you know how you might see it, you rarely see it, but you might have seen someone that went Scherzer Kluber in a draft. I wonder if you see maybe even two to three teams go that strategy because it's good to have that anchor, but if you miss out on the others, you're kind of it's almost like that old like basketball adage of like it's great to have Kevin Durant, but if you put DeAndre Jordan on it, you're decimating your free throw percentage and you're you're missing out on the opportunity that Kevin Durant does for you across the board. Same thing could be said with pitchers. It's great if you have Chris Sale, but if you have a bunch of garbage behind it, you've got Chris Archer and then you've got, you know, some other guys getting blown up. Luis Castillo, what good does it do? I want wonder if there is going to be a little bit more of a conversation around people saying, well, now I'm going to, t-. it's like old baseball. It's like 10 years ago. Like I'm going to take two pitchers in my first three rounds. I think you'll see that uh, toward the end of the first round. If somebody has, you know, like 12 and 13, or I don't think 15 and 16 is going to get it done in, in a league that size. But if you're, if you're in a mixed league, a 12 team mixed league, for instance, I can see a Scherzer Kluber on the turn or you know, eleven and fourteen or whatever. I can see that as as the place to do it because you're getting two of those guys, and everybody else is getting left out. And then you can just punt pitching for the next ten rounds or more and concentrate on hitting. I think that's a a fantastic strategy. Yeah, just take, looking at it now, take guys like Kyle Friedland later. Uh, I want to ask this last one because I want to set the stage on on one player for it. Uh, our Army member Joe Mitchell asked, "Which of this year's breakout players are most likely to be overdrafted next year?" That's a very broad question. There's a lot of breakouts. Let me expand on a player we just talked about to say one of those breakout players was Javier Baez. Could Javier Baez be the ultimate breakout that's overdrafted? Because we're talking about Javier Baez as a first-round pick. I think other players that sit in that category, Bogman, you can throw out some names, but you've got guys maybe like Matt Chapman that broke out, Max Muncy, of course. Jed Lowry had that for a little bit. But to me, Baez seems like the leader of the pack where he was consistently around drafted around 100. He's broke out in such a way that there's no way he's not taken in the top 25 next year. So maybe he's one of those guys. So do you have any opinions on him as that guy or any other breakout guys that you think will be overdrafted? Um, I'll, I'll tell you, for him, I, I looked at his average on balls in play, and it's 347. And you think, wow, you know, that's that's pretty high. But last year was 345. So maybe he does kind of have that skill to be able to have a high average on balls in play. Um, so... Yeah, I think there's there's a little bit of danger with Baez, but from right now, you look at, at the numbers that he's put up this season um, at age 25, there, it looks like there's a decent uh, chance that you're going to get a guy who can give you that kind of second-round value if you draft him that high. So I... I don't know, wherever the question was. Yeah, well, are there, are there <laughs> um, any others then? I mean, there's guys like... Um, hey, let's think. Aguilar. 
Jesus Aguilar, hundred percent. Oh, I mean, well, he's he well twenty nine in the second but half, but he's not he, going he's to be. Thir- well, he's got thirty one homers. I think people are going to see it, and he, it's not like he's going to be be drafted in you know the top three, four rounds or anything. Uh, I mean, but I think they're going to take him, expecting the thirty homers, and you might get that again. But instead, he's going to hit two thirty with it see, next I, year. Eh, I know? mean, I, you look at like you're, I know where you're going with that, but a guy like Max Muncy is still going. Like he's still going. Aguilar is not going. Yeah, that's true. And the last month could really sink as well. Like, what do you think, Steve? Are there any other guys of the the Hanegers to Muncie's to Aguilar's to even Didi's that you think are going to get overdrafted, maybe based on the bias of only looking at their total stats and not looking across the season? You know, with those guys, just at at first glance, I think there's still a healthy bit of skepticism because – you know, where were they before this year? Where, where was Aguilar? He was a part-time player that might not have had a roster spot coming into spring training. Muncie, we'd never seen him do anything. Um, and and all of a sudden, now he's hitting 30 home runs. So I think there still will be some skepticism, at least with Baez in his case. We've seen him grow a little bit as a player and say, okay, he's making progress. He's young. And now uh, he's maybe coming into his own Uh, for his true talent with those guys, you know, they're older and uh, I think it's easier to just kind of say, eh, great season, but let's see you do it again. There's some skepticism there. I think maybe a guy like an Ozzy Albies might be overdrafted because, you know, he started out really, 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 really strong and has kind of faded a little bit in the second half. Hasn't gotten those, you know, the home runs and the and the stolen bases like he did in the first half. So maybe he gets a little bit of that boost ahead of where he should be. But um, but those other guys, I think they'll get pushed down. Right, there you go. That's good stuff. That is Steve Gardner from USA Today. Follow him on Twitter at Steve A Gardner. Steve, we're going to miss you, man, but I know we're going to see you in like a month and a half over here, or maybe two months, actually, because it's in November, but we'll see you out here for the Fall Stars, and we'll hopefully uh, do some interview time, and then, of course, in the off season, we'll be bugging you and getting to talk more baseball with you, and we'll, of course, bug you for football. So people, uh, if they uh, do the whole scope of In This League, you won't miss out on Steve, but Steve, I hope, uh, I wish you big good luck in all of your leagues the rest of the way for the playoffs, and I'm uh, damn well looking forward to getting to talk with you in person and talk to you again. Indeed. Thanks, guys. And you can you can bug me anytime. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, especially there in Arizona for the fall league. That's th- just the lineup there for the guys that are that are going to be playing. It's going to be fantastic. All right. We'll see you soon, Blade. Take care. <laughs> All right. There you go. Steve Gardner. Good times. Last uh, guest episode, Bogman. I mean, not that it's that big of a deal. We still got like a month worth of episodes we're going to do, but it's just going to be Bogman, myself and you. That's the most That's important it. thing. We're going to want some questions, so make sure you're filling up those ball bags as you are listening with anything that you want to talk about, preferably baseball, preferably fantasy uh, playoff baseball. And I would remind you, towards the end, probably right around championship week, we always do it. We are going to do an early 2019 mock draft so we'll have to get that set we'll uh we'll set the tables we'll kind of see what it looks like it'll be a nice mock draft in uh september who doesn't love that for the next year (laughs) but it'll give us a good chance to go beyond just what does the first round look like we can just do the whole thing and then we'll be able to compare it we'll use that as a tool when we kind of start up full-time next year which we kind of get we ramp up in January. So know that we'll be back with even if it's just like a single episode a week in January, we'll be back around then. But in that meantime, you always have prospect one that'll be going during the Arizona Fall League and kind of the interim. So 
Uh, over here at ITL Baseball, kind of is going year-round and one of the best ways to make sure that you have it year-round. And if I really point this out because I know, I'm not trying to toot our horn, but there are people that really like us, and I really appreciate that. And I don't understand why sometimes. But there are... <laughs> I do. We're awesome. Okay. That's why. But there's some of you guys that really like the show that we put together. I mean, maybe you particularly like more Bogman, but you like baseball <laughs> and you like the show. But those things might not intertwine to you wanting to listen to football or basketball. So one of the best ways to kind of keep up with us also is with the Army. You're supporting us in an off season when it's the most important, by the way, to be able to be, to, you know, if we had everybody just like disappear when their support went away, that would be a problem. So supporting us in that off season, fantastic. You can keep up with us. We do secret shows over there. And if you get in the group me rooms, you'll be hanging out with us the whole time. And you'll be kept, you'll be kept abreast of everything that we're doing. You'll know everything that we're doing beforehand. Sometimes you'll get to take part in it. So just a little thing to remind you guys, patreon.com slash ITL army playoff time, Bogman and all the Yahoo leagues that I play in. It is the playoffs this week. We have got fifth or sixth place in the bourbon league, first place in the three sport and the dynasty fifth or fourth. I'm not sure which one. I don't know how the week will shake out. Man, I'm after. just the complete opposite of you. The fan tracks one start uh, normal time. So next week and they go to all the way to the end of the season. And then the one that I'm in on Yahoo where I'm making the playoffs is my Ruben boob league, but it's only four people make the playoffs. So I got two more weeks of regular season in that one. So mm. uh, my playoffs aren't going to start until at earliest next week. Yeah. I'm so. looking officially fourth place in the ITL dynasty and then three sport was an easy first place. Uh, we'll see how it goes in the playoffs, but I took that one by a lot, a lot. And then the bourbon league, I'm thinking it's going to be fifth or fourth. So I'll be in the playoffs and all those. And then we've got, you know, the Bogman league. I don't think I may, ah, uh, you know, the champs league is uh, up there Boggs. What are the playoffs in those leagues? Are they the following week? Uh, yes, following week. Yep. Okay, so then if I've got one more week, we'll see. I'll I'll get in by the <laughs> skin of my teeth if I'm able to get in there. It doesn't look very likely, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, so I want to hear how you guys are doing. You know that you got us covered or we got you covered for your fantasy playoffs. Just make sure to hit us up on Twitter, and we will help you out as we can. Let's get the hell out of here, though, man. We've done a lot of podcasting today. So for yes. Bachman, <laughs> I am the Welsh. Have a great night. Saw ya. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.